Protect yourself from identity theft and take complete control of your debit card with Secure Lock Equip from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Visit FABNT.com for details. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Record Service, 501 562 2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. Uh, again, for those that are not members of hogsports.com, you may want to take advantage. I'm not sure how much longer this $1 deal will remain, Trey, but, um, and saying that to say this, uh, this was. This has been a very a busy day uh, for Hogsports.com. Yeah. Shine O'Grady discusses dismissal from Razorbacks, the Big Red Board quarterbacks, uh, ranking the SEC starting quarterbacks in 2020. More targets added to the Arkansas Junior Day list. Uh, Arkansas's 2021 defensive offers under Sam Pittman. Should I keep going on, or is that enough for the time being? Yeah. Well, another one, Randy. You might have missed it. Just we just put out was uh, just about the top 10 quarterback prospects in the state of Texas. And it's just, it's a really nice breakdown from Gabe Brooks, who's our regional recruiting analyst who covers Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, and Oklahoma. Just breaking down the top 10 guys, there's three of them who are what we would consider prime Arkansas targets that are in that list, including one of them who's scheduled to visit to Arkansas. And Danny's got a, li- a breakdown of that. He, he's coming out with different sections of the Big Red board just to pro- provide a little bit more depth. So for those who don't know, the Big Red board is our regularly updated list of Arkansas's top prospects at each position. And, uh, you know, we keep them in order. We, we rate them on, you know, confidence level of where Arkansas stands and, and just try to add some notes and stuff to that. But he came out with a quarterback today. I would imagine running back soon to follow. Uh, for the class of 2021 and it's a good time to do that kind of stuff because it's february 25th we've got four more days left of this dead period and then things are really going to start opening up we know that arkansas has a big junior day on march 7th and man spring drills are right around the corner march 16th which by the way arkansas is we've got a, a long breakdown also uh provided from our national desk at 24 7 just on the start dates of spring drills for every school and this and the spring game and right now arkansas they're not the latest starting but they're definitely the latest week there's a there's a arkansas starts on a monday there's a couple of schools starting on the tuesday of that week and a couple of schools starting on wednesday of that week but arkansas is in the final week and nobody has a later spring game than arkansas has there's a couple of other a couple of ties out there but nobody has a later spring game than arkansas does which i found pretty notable especially since we're used to with chad morris having such an early start to spring we would have i believe already started spring if we if we were under chad morris i think we would have already started and then the red white game i think last year it was like april 7th i think so a lot earlier than it's just a different philosophy i understand the philosophy that morris used because if you do get someone injured, you have a longer time to get that player healthy for the season. In this case, I think Pittman looks at it like we want to get to know these guys better. We want to familiarize ourselves, and we want to spend more time in the weight room before we get into spring drills. And I left out a couple of other stories. Um, linebacker target sees Arkansas visit date, Razorback schedule, future game against non-conference opponent. 
major targets. Added to, I'll regret that one. Okay. Uh, and then there's the several Hall quarterbacks target among the top ten in Texas. I try my best, yeah. Trey. I don't know how long that's been up there. I try to check uh, your site just right before I go on the air, and mm-hmm. I don't know how long that uh, the quarterback targets. I know this much. I pulled it up. It's uh, from a print standpoint. It's 15 pages. So that means there's a yeah. lot of a lot of skinny inside that particular story by Gay Brooks. Yeah, I think we released seven or eight stories today that were Arkansas-related that were free, and then one, two, three, four, five VIP stories today. So our VIP, the way we do our stories, we do free content and VIP content. Free content is generally stuff that is already out there, stuff that comes out of press conferences or press releases or things that basically everybody's going to write about. And our VIP stuff, there are things that we put more research into, things that haven't happened yet, telling you about things. And, you know, it doesn't include also our interactions on the Razor's Edge Premium Forum where we're basically answering questions and interacting with our subscribers all day, which I think is a pretty unique experience, you know, versus most publications. Interesting. And I'm looking at that story you're talking about, dates for the spring games as Mm -hmm. we speak. So. Uh, that's good information. I'll tell you a fun one, too, with the combine coming up, Randy, is the fastest 40 times of all time. We've got uh, a, a deal, and this is, again, you know, a lot of our stuff comes from the national desk, too. They do a great job finding stories and and uh, and putting stuff out there like that. But it's always fun to look at 40 times, the, the top 10 fastest guys who ever ran the 40 at the combine. Darren McFadden missed this list by .04 seconds. It's interesting that um, you're you're bringing it to combine because there are several stories. Let's see, this is off of uh, news is from the Atlanta uh, Athletic. Okay, and mm-hmm. um, it's got uh, agility position drills. It says the sexiest aspect of the combine: the athletic testing, the forty-yard dash, three-cone drill, short shuttle, long shuttle. Vertical jump, broad jump, bench press, and it goes on with a further explanation. But the reason why I brought that up is because they have highlighted uh, an Arkansas player uh, in that particular aspect. And if I can get to it, I have to find it again. But uh, I think it's the one that they highlighted, uh, McTelvin Aguim. So he's at 307 pounds. Aguim moves like a much smaller player, should be one of the best testers in the 10-yard split and three-cone drill. Then the interview process, I think that pretty well speaks for itself. Another Arkansas player is listed there, and that is one, Cheyenne O'Grady. Says the interview process will be critical for O'Grady as a history of effort issues and immaturity dating back to high school. And I think you know the rest of it there. And as you had a story today, you go on to uh, basically define that situation at the end of last year. Uh, O'Grady did explain his side of the story on his basic dismissal from the football team. Right. The first time that he's really talked about it, Randy, publicly. And one of the things he said was that was the old CJ, what he likes to refer to as the old CJ. And I'm pulling for CJ O'Grady. Mm-hmm. I really am. And I hope he gets everything together because to me, he's like, first, second round type talent, just with his 
physical attributes. It's just the stuff that he's done off the field. And I've heard that this, that was the old CJ stuff. I've heard that for the last three years from him, <laughs> you know. Yes. So I, I hope he gets it figured out. I really do. He's got a world of talent, but that's going to hurt them. That's going to hurt him, no question, in this in this process. I mean, he was he was electric at times for Arkansas, but I can remember going back to Brett Bielema pretty early in his career. I mean, I, th- I think Brett had been here a couple few years, and he had this long streak of not getting a player arrested. Do you remember that, Randy? I mean, mm-hmm. really yes. throughout Bielema's tenure, you could pretty much count on one hand all the players that got arrested under him. And the first guy to to break it was was CJ, you know had a, had a had an arrest, uh, yeah I believe that's right. So, I mean it, this is something that goes back a long way. Certainly pulling for the guy, and I, I think everybody is you know well aware that you know he's he's just had some issues. Not doesn't make him a bad person. He's just some just some decisions. And and I'll say this too. I know that. Coaches ask a lot of these players, and, you know, he, he brought up, you know, his body being just physically kind of worn out. But probably would, would have been a better way to to approach that than telling coaches that he didn't want to go uh, to, to the game. I think he said the Alabama game, but I, I believe his last game, he said after the Alabama game, but I think his last game, maybe it was Alabama. It was Alabama. Uh, yeah, yeah, because here's what happened. He didn't play in the Alabama game, and Chad Morris addressed it on Monday following the Mississippi State game. I believe that's how it worked out. So he played in the Alabama game. He had four catches for 13 yards and a touchdown, the only touchdown of the game for Arkansas. He didn't play the next week against Mississippi State. And then on Monday, Morris announced that he'd been dismissed from the team. Yeah, he, he said his body was beat up and he was sore and hurting. Mm-hmm. Uh, thus, he didn't want to play in that next game against Mississippi State, yes. if I remember correctly. Um, and he goes through drills, I believe, Randy, on February 27th. I believe is when he's scheduled to go through all the on-field workouts. Now, I guess that would mean tomorrow he'd compete in bench press, I think. And today was interviews. And then you've got, let's see, D-line is going to be February 29th. Um, yeah. February 29th for D-line. So yeah, we'll see McTellan game do his stuff then. And linebackers, actually, so we'll also see Scooter. Well, I actually turned on the NFL Network today hoping I might see some of the combine workouts, and then I realized it was what you're talking yeah. about, interviews, and a lot of that was the press Just conferences. Just getting started. Mm-hmm. Uh, also by the head coaches or GMs of the respective clubs. So uh, that in itself is what is consuming today's activity. Uh, I haven't had a chance mm-hmm. to compare, but um, the big red board, you talked about the quarterbacks. How does that compare with the article by uh, Gabe Brooks uh, concerning the quarterbacks in the state of Texas? Mm-hmm. Yes, there are three quarterbacks in that article that are listed among – Danny List. he lists several quarterbacks, I believe, but he lists the top three. You know, he lists the others to watch. But three, those top three quarterbacks are listed among the top ten, led by Caden Salter, who's the top quarterback in Texas right now and is scheduled to, to take a visit to Arkansas pretty soon here. So, All right, from our – Got to sign a big-time quarterback in every class, Randy. Yeah, exactly. That's the way it is now. Yeah. Uh, from our Keith Lee Service Company live fan feedback, Alvin says, Trey, can you compare Traylon Burks 
with Anthony Lucas. Different players, I think. Now, Anthony Lucas was certainly a great one, but I would say Lucas is probably lankier. Um, Burks is different. Burks I would compare more to a guy like Andre Johnson, and I know that's a lot. But when you consider that he's 6'3", 223 pounds, that's about the same size. And so, yeah, I guess I would uh, I, w- I would say that they both – Lucas was a great Razorback receiver, and Burks is going to be a great Razorback receiver if they can get things figured out at quarterback. I would like to see – with Burks, I, w- I would say probably – a little more versatile in what he's capable of doing just because he is such a big-bodied guy. I think that Burks is someone with the numbers that they have at tight end as maybe a guy you look at putting him in some certain situations so he can run some tight end because they only have two scholarship guys coming back next year, including one who was a former walk-on. Also lining him up at wide receiver. I think you do a lot of end-around stuff, continue punt return, kick return, I mean, he's a guy that really has to touch the ball. I, I would like to see his touches triple from last year to this year. No argument there. Uh, also from our Keith Lee Service Company live fan feedback, Blake wants to know, ask Trey if they have a baseball guy. A baseball guy. Would Pete qualify and what for that? Capacity. Oh, Pete. Yeah, Pete does our baseball stuff. We've also added Mason Choate to the team. Uh, who's interning with us, who's going to help with some stuff like that. He does a really good job. Shout out to Conway, Arkansas. He's from there. And, uh, yeah, so Mason's going to help with it. But Pete is our our primary baseball guy. He's been at every game. We've covered every game this year. Is he headed down to Houston? He's not headed to Houston. I'm not sending him that far. Open up the pocketbook, (laughs) big guy. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. I see that – uh, Pete going. Yeah, we'll send him to Omaha if that happens. That's, All right. That's a great idea. I love that thought of going to Houston, <laughs> boss man. But yeah, uh, yeah. We'll wait for we'll wait for Omaha. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mentioned also that uh, there was a another article uh, on Hog Sports that was uh, breaking down all 14 quarterbacks in the SEC. Give them a rating. And I do believe, uh, coming in at number seven, if memory serves me correct, was uh, Felipe Franks. Uh, do you kind of agree with the pecking order? I was really surprised who they had at number one, the incoming transfer quarterback from Stanford, who is down at Mississippi State. Well, the quarterback at, from at Mississippi State from Stanford is going to end up putting a lot of numbers in this offense. I mean, that's kind of a safe out-of-the-box type of pick, I guess you could say. Uh, Jamie Newman at Georgia is, is going to put up some numbers, too, in that offense and certainly has a really strong resume, the, the transfer from Wake Forest. Um, Kellen Mond, I just think Kellen Mond is, is overrated. I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but I would, I'm going to tell you right now, when we look back at this at the end of the season, Kellen Mond's not going to be the third-best quarterback in the SEC, and I get I get that. He's a veteran now. He's been there a long time. I just view him as fast, but not like fast enough and just kind of mechanical, not not super smooth as a quarterback. I don't know. I just not I just haven't been blown away with him. And I don't mean to run him down. I mean, he's beaten Arkansas three years in a row, but that's just kind of my opinion on it. 
Kyle Trask certainly emerged at Florida when Felipe Franks went down. Mac Jones, is Mac Jones going to be the starting quarterback at Alabama when this thing shakes out? I think he probably won't be. Um, Bo Nix, number six. I mean, I think he's got a bright future ahead of him, I guess. But, you know, he, he didn't I – don't, I don't think he was exceptional as a freshman. Of course, there's a, a reason that it's pretty rare for a true freshman to start right out of the gate, but he did. And then, of course, Felipe at seven. Terry Wilson probably could move up a little bit on the list. I mean, he's a guy you kind of forget about because he was hurt last year. So I think that's that's eight. Who else is next? I think they just got kind of a list of also after that, don't they? Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, Ethan. Ethan, good afternoon. you have a question or comment for Trey? Uh, yes, sir, I do. Um, this, this, I don't know if you all commented on it yet, but I was going to ask, uh, like, with this stuff going on with Contrail, uh, does that open up, like, a scholarship or anything, or is, mm. is that already counted against this year's class? And I was going to see if Trey could comment on if there is anybody else out there that we might could look for. Uh, yeah. Again, I, uh, you know, as I was saying yesterday with Cottrell Wallace's situation, it sounds you, awful, Ethan. obviously. And I, I just, you know, I think about the families and all that stuff involved, and it's just a, it's a bad situation. Having said all that, I'm, you know, going to reserve judgment until everything comes out. Doesn't sound very good, obviously. That's just kind of the way that history has taught me to look at things. As for how it impacts the scholarship, it does not impact it in any way, really. You cannot sign someone and they don't make it to campus and then it open up one. You just lose that scholarship. That's That rule was changed back probably in 2000, uh, around 2009, 2010. Houston Nuts signed. Actually, it wasn't changed then. It was altered and then changed further later. So Houston Nuts signed 36 players or something ridiculous one year. And the reason was he wanted to sign and place them. And there was this huge overreaction to it because it looked it looked ridiculous. How do they sign that many? But he was just signing and placing, which was a common practice back in the day. You sign them, send them to a junior college, and you've kind of put your – it's not binding, but you kind of put your stamp on them when you send them away, you know. And so if they ever did qualify again, which they usually did not. They usually did not. I, I think – Houston Nuts ended up with one guy at Arkansas who he sent somewhere. I believe it was Brandon Barnett is the only guy that they signed and placed who came back to Arkansas in that whole 10-year period. But anyway, a lot of people reacted to that, and they ended up changing the rule where you could only sign, I believe, 28 and bring 25 on campus. Around that time, the Big Ten, my memory may be a little bit phased, Shady, hazy, but I, I think this is right. The Big Ten added a rule where you can only sign 25. And so fast forward, you know, the SEC and I guess the country adopted it, and you could only sign 25 and bring in 25. So that's why you see sometimes things really cautious with players that haven't quite yet qualified. There was a lot more risk taken before, like this guy's close to qualifying, you know, there's a couple more testing opportunities for him and this kind of stuff. I think it's worth the risk that we go ahead and sign him because if you, you know, if you did that, then you could sign, you know, you could sign 28 and still have a few left over, but you just don't see that anymore. People would, would rather wait and make sure you're going to qualify. So it's important to get your grades in order before signing day now uh, if you want to play college football. 
And from our Keith Lee Service Company Life in Feedback, Doug wants to know how much of a chance does KJ have winning the starting job from Franks? I think it's possible. I, I wouldn't close the door on it totally. I mean, he's been in the system. I say the system. He's been on college campus for a year. I think what we saw from KJ, the things that he has to work on, he's got to be more consistent as a passer. He'd throw some some real darts, some good-looking passes, but every once in a while one would just completely sail over the wide receiver's head. And it was always that. It was always sailing over the head. And I think that from when what that is is from them reworking his throwing mechanics. He had a bit of a hitch when he got to Arkansas. It was something they've worked on him with. And I think that has resulted in him kind of sailing it every once in a while. I feel like he's gotten a lot more velocity on the ball than he did when I saw him at camp. So he's got a shot. He's got to work on that. He's got to work on his on-field awareness, as we saw. can't remember what game it was. I think it was LSU where he kept coming up short of the, of the third down, <laughs> of the uh, first down marker on third down. So those kinds of things. But KJ has a lot of physical attributes. So, But I, I would put the odds on favorite to be Felipe. All right, Trey, we will talk to you tomorrow. That's Trey Biddy of Hawksports.com okay, being brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service. Drive Time Sports will continue.